0: hello hello let's talk about the gay revolution um from page 29 about the same time feminism prompted women who were sexually attracted to other women to distinguish themselves from male counterparts by bringing into popular use the term lesbian as the movement for civil rights grew in the 1980s gay and lesbian became practically one word which was also intended to imply transgender people. The term transgender had been in, had been in occasional use since the 1970s. In the 1990s, queer was, begin, was becoming the term of choice for many young people. In the late 1990s, the acronym LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender came into use, as did LGBTQ though gay and lesbian remained the most frequent descriptor and was meant to be inclusive into the 21st century. With the growing visibility of transgender people and the increasing willingness of bisexuals to identify themselves, LGBTQ, LGBT became a popular term by the second decade of the 21st century. Other groups in demanding recognition have stretched the acronym as far as l g b t q q i a a p which also includes questioning intersex asexual in allies sorry and pansexual so lesbian gay bisexual transgender queer questioning, intersex, asexual, allies, and pansexuals. So, I've chosen to call this book The Gay Revolution because gay is still most widely understood as an umbrella term for a diverse community. However, in aiming for historical precision, I've tried to use the terms that were most current in each era. I depict whether homosexual, homophilic gay, lesbian, lesbian feminist, gay and lesbian, LGBT and so on. This is just the introduction of the book and you have an idea of what it's about. It's just it says the gay revolution. So <clears throat> it talks about um as far as as just just try to trace the entire history of um the gay movement power movement all of that all his evolutions you know how it started and well, I won't say it necessarily how it started okay the revolution how the revolution started you know as a movement and all of that so page 3 but Dr. Simon had his Id- idiosyncrasies and prejudices the world walking doctor doubled in phrenology he, as, he assured his formidable audiences, including the New York Academy of Medicine and the New York State Association of Chiefs of Police, that a criminal could be identified even before he committed a crime by a drooping eyelid or a hanging corner of the mouth. Simon was also an expert on race. <laughs> Negro criminals, he opined, were dishonest, shiftless, and unreliable. It's nineteen forty seven lecture today International Association of Chiefs of Police on Homosexuals, Homosexualists and Sex Crimes. A model of bigotry and flawed logic passed for science that lay people accepted uncritically. The born male homosexualists, he asserted, are easy to spot by their female characteristics, their work, body contour, voice, mannerism. Um, texture of skin, texture of skin, and also their their yeah. interest in housekeeping and theatrical productions. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes time time makes us appear like fools. Time can either make you appear like a fool or time can make you appear really really wise and a genius. You know, um the women homosexuals are fickle, always eager to add to their list of conquests, and are extremely jealous of the object of their lust. though Simon granted that some homosexualists live as decent members of society, many he insisted have psychopathic personalities, are indifferent to public opinion, and become predatory prostitutes. Okay. He extolled the state of Illinois' treatment of homosexualist psychopathic individuals and recommended it to be adopted everywhere. In Illinois, convicted homosexualists could be held as psychiatric prisoners until they recovered. If they recovered, they were then tried for having committed sodomy, which was punishable in that state by up to 10 years in prison. You can get the idea of of how that goes. That entire psychopathic tendency basically made them have, you know, that old punishable thing where you could spend up to 10 years. In other places, it was up to 20 years. Still in America. Up to 20 years in prison. And that's, that's like after they've tried so many things on you. You know, to the point where you can actually confess and be like, oh yeah, I'm a homosexual. Put me in jail. Don't. Give me drugs or whatever. I'm going to read an example of um some of the treatments. that they gave to people that had homosexual proclivities. So their duplex, I think that was that's the name of the girl, was heavily medicated. She received both insulin shock and electroshock treatments. She was told that if she didn't behave she would be transferred to Littleton, the state asylum in the next town, which was far worse. She had heard that lobotomies were sometimes performed to cure people of homosexuality, and she feared she would be lobotomized. Lobotomized. Little Miss spoiled in the snake pit. She later said that was that's a quote. Little Miss Poiled in the Snake Pit. She later said of her helplessness and dread at Helmcrest. One evening, she managed to escape, running through the autumn fields in search of a payphone. She found one in a cafe not far from the hospital. She wanted to call her parents and beg them to get her out of Helmcrest, but the cafe was the first place the Helmcrest attendants looked for her. Before she could tell the telephone operator she wished to make a collect call, the attendants had bundled her into the hospital van and brought her back. From that point, she was allowed to dress only in nightgown, nice bathrobe and slippers to assure she wouldn't attempt another escape. Who no says I can't escape in nightgown, nice bathrobe and slippers? Like, people look at you like you're crazy and to immediately um, make your credibility drop. But still, <laughs> i desperate people. In December 1956, after five months of shock shock therapy shock treatment and heavy medication she was released to her parents after five months jesus christ she again who again put her in psychoanalysis she died in july 2012 at the age of 76 still a lesbian she lived long let's be grateful for that part Oh, the malevolent monsters of the mental health establishment she had called the psychiatrist <laughs> who treated her but she had overcome her anger towards her parents for throwing us to the monsters by telling herself that was what loving parents with some money and some sophistication did in the 1950s. It was no better and no worse she theorized. Then what poor or unenlightened parents did they threw their homosexual children out into the streets so, you get the idea do you, you get the idea okay let's, let's move on uh page 165 this is where these people said to have organizations associations where they come together, have the same interests all of them were homosexuals but they were still hiding from the government. You know, at this time, um, the police will come and raid places, raid bars. And more or less try to frame you. Because I feel like the, the means that they used were very scrupulous. So, I don't know what they were trying to do. They would, you know, act as homosexuals themselves. And try to seduce you. So, in some cases, they, they fell. The homosexuals themselves fell the suspects fell and fell for the trick and sometimes they did not even, sometimes they were scared, they were calling the police and then it turns out that the person that is trying to seduce them and harassing them and running to their house is the police, like it was, it was wild, <laughs> what were these people doing, <laughs> is this the way to do things, so at this point, the part I'm going to read, I'm giving you a bit of background, at this point they were, you know, already forming little, little associations just to protect themselves and to have um, a space where they could freely be free. So, uh, they were trying to also make it something, um, something social that could, you know, fight. They were trying to weaponize the associations, but weaponize is a strong word here because this is basically the root of the revolution. So things were quite mild. What is our theory? chuck roland wanted to know as a communist he believed he said that you've got to work with a theory the coke bottle glasses he always wore gave him an intellectual air what is our basic principle that we are building on he demanded of the group he had long possessed the answer and i been waiting for two years to share it we are an oppressed cultural minority he said simply that's exactly it. The others, even the eugenics, who was by nature a contrarian, agreed. No one before Harry Hay had articulated those words that homosexuals were an oppressed cultural minority. So I wanted to say that because that was that, that was like how um they see themselves you know a cultural an oppressed cultural minority. So that's that's something she keep in mind. Um then page hundred and ninety-six. Burns group also questioned as Riega did Matashin's most basic precept. Matashin is another group. Um it's the same group actually, did they change their names? So it's the same group, so just get the idea. Burns group, another group, also questioned, as Riga did, Matashin's most basic precept that homosexuals were a cultural minority. So, this is something against, and um, this is an argument against what they already defined themselves to be. They scoffed at the simple minded notion that there was a culture all homosexuals shared, and homosexuals were in no sense a minority. They argued. The only difference between homosexuals and heterosexuals was that homosexuals chose romantic and sexual partners of the same sex, so they they were saying that they weren't a minority and they also weren't they didn't particularly have a culture, and that the only difference was that you know the 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 choice in sexual partners and that was basically it page two on two this one this one is uh, a bit more emotional you know on the emotional side of things but their lives were lonely they felt isolated they couldn't tell their parents about the bliss of their coupledom. their parents were as ignorant and hostile towards homosexuals as was the rest of america if a child is a homosexual the parents are to blame martin's mother had opined already she looks like a queer Leon's father had already told his wife about his daughter's housemates. Hoping to make friends, the two women started going to Bohemian North Beach, lesbian bars, girl, gay girls' hangouts, as such places were called. But they were ignored by other gay girls who all seemed to be in airtight cliques. And anyway, those girls were rougher and scruffier than the sort of people Martin and Leon wanted for friends. Even worse, Martin and Leon had heard that homosexual bars could be raided. It wasn't easy to relax if you thought a paddy wagon might pull up in front of the place any minute. Nor was it easy to relax when straight tourists invaded the bars to argue the quest as often happened. Here, this is, this is the beginning of another um, group, another association, because these two people ended up forming another group. Um and they called themselves the Daughters of Bilities and these ones they were a useful resource they had a library they were like a sorority group and when people came like when lesbians when lesbians come to them they would educate them they would teach them things they would have um, they would have debates with religious social political leaders so that they could have more legitimacy you know they sound more credible um so they were they were a very good resource for lesbians for gay people the good resource and i uh, i didn't highlight that. but later on they changed their name and still became very relevant i'm pretty sure they're still relevant today although i don't know if they've changed their name again <laughs> but still they were quite relevant especially to all the protests that i'm going to read to you now because there are a lot of protests as should be in basically all revolutions. Um the next one 279 This is important. This is the part that I like the way you know it was it's basically a history book. Um so there were a lot of there were a lot of stories. I, I really skimmed those stories because I I know I'm going to forget all, basically all of them. So I skimmed those stories and got the general idea of their sufferings, they suffered a lot. Some people got their penises got booted up or their balls and I don't I don't even know. I don't know if I highlighted that but it was a very scary picture to have in my head. They got tortured a lot. I think you've seen some movies or read some books about it. They got tortured a lot. They suffered a lot and but this particular part I'm going to read to you yes is is the science part. The part that I actually wanted to know. Like that's what I'm curious about. I'm trying to form... um, I'm trying to know more about homosexuality. The history helps, you know, because I can say, oh, okay, this group has really been marginalized. You shouldn't treat human- humans this way. I can say things like that when I learn about history. And it's also good to know that they fought hard for their freedom. You know, they fought hard to not be treated the way they were treated. So, they knew that you should respect all human beings. And they were basically asking for the bare minimum when they said, Ooh, stop beating us up in the streets. You know, things like that. So it was good to know all that, but the part I'm about to read to you is, is what I came here for. Hookah, um, Hookah is a person's name. Hooker brought the finished test to the three experts. Our friend, Dr. Bruno Clofer professor of clinical psychology at ucla knew as much as herman I ju- just i'm going to butcher their names i mean i'm going to stop at herman i don't know if you want to can write down the names of the people i don't know i'm going to stop at herman knew as much as herman himself about the interpretation and scoring of the ink blood tests another professor of clinical psychology dr hedwin was the inventor of the make-a-picture-story test, which was widely used by clinicians everywhere. Dr. Meyer was the chief psychologist at the Veterans Administration Mental Hygiene Clinic and an expert analyst of all projective techniques, including the Rocha and the thematic thematic, apperception test, if anyone in the world could tell what's what, from the projection, from the projective psychological test, it was surely these three men. I've, I wanted to read that part to just show that okay, these men, as a, at that time, they were considered it. You know, they were it. Um When it came to like clinical psychologists and those people who analyze predictive or projective techniques, so they were the best to make sense of the test that this woman had conducted on people and the test involved um um it involved 29 heterosexual people and one homosexual people and then from the test that they took these three experts were to figure out who the homosexual was let's read on to see if they were able to figure out who the homosexual was but the judge's accuracy in discerning who the homosexual and who the heterosexual was was no better than it would have been had they flipped the coin. The average psychological adjustment scores they gave to homosexuals and heterosexual samples were about the same. The Doctor Clover and Doctor Meyer both looked at the sixty Rochester, Rochester, Rochester. I don't know what that is. I, it has to do with the test. They looked at the 60 road tracks, but they agreed only 16 times about who the homosexuals were. And most of the time, they were wrong. There are no clues, they would say, with the paired tests in front of them. I just have to guess. These are so similar. Dr. Leg. Dr. Leg they said, was definitely a homosexual. Hooker called him that evening to tell him the interesting news. Are you out to skin us alive? Do- Dr. Clover asked. He demanded to look at Rogers again, but he was no more successful in identifying the homosexuals the second time. He had to admit that what he saw in those tests was nothing like what he saw in tests of homosexual patients. Dr. Mayer couldn't find the homosexuals through the thematic apperception test either. Dr. Something I'm going to mess up that name. Scrutinized they make a picture story test and told Hooker if you show me the protocol for 30 schizophrenics, I will be surprised if I didn't get 28. But to identify the homosexual so um people who are schizophrenic are quite different from homosexuals and are quite different from heterosexuals. Um he was convinced, he was convinced. The bottom line here is that homosexuality is not a diagnostic category. Our brains work pretty much the same way. It's not a mental illness. Okay? It's important to know that. It's very important to know that. It's not a mental illness. Hmm... Then page 282. Okay. Um, A test, a work demonstrated clearly that none of the standard tests that showed who is mentally sick and who is mentally healthy could show who is homosexual and who is heterosexual. Here was concrete evidence that the mental health professions were wrong about homosexuality as an illness. It would be another two decades before the American Psychiatric Association would finally remove homosexuality from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. (laughs) Why is that funny? (laughs) So I just laugh at our efforts sometimes. Or lack of efforts. I think it's more appropriate so Quite. What, what, I guess some things take time, but immediately this is the thing about I don't know about life I say life now. when something is fi- or science, when something is when something has been figured out, it takes so much time to catch up with the, like, with the general public, and the general public they're the ones that by general public, I mean everybody going to school doing one thing or the other, living normal lives you know, trying to learn as much as possible. Um, those are the people I'm referring to as general public. They are the ones who use social media a lot. They are the ones sharing their knowledge. They are the ones sharing their opinions. They are the ones talking about all these things. And they are also the ones that things generally have to um reach. Like, if it reaches them slowly, then a large number of them is still talking about and still practicing the shitty things that science already said, okay, no, let's not do this anymore. Um, I, I always worry about that. What is going on in my life now that I somehow, um, that I took the advice of someone or science, quote, quote, unquote, science, and they could be wrong because they don't just have enough evidence and it's not they've not just figured out everything. This is why I love God. I had to drag him into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, another part. His subject, some guy. His subject was the dirty tactics that the police were using. Okay, this is the part where... This is the, the horrific part. His subject was... um, The dirty tactics that the police were using to entrap homosexuals. Plain clothes officers, even strapped walkie-talkies under their jackets, he said. That way, the cops waiting to make the bust can hear the homosexual agreeing to the undercover officer's proposition. So they will tempt you, then arrest you for being tempted. It caused a huge stir among the 30 men who were there. People don't know these things. We need to spread the word. We need a magazine. One man stood up to say when the talk was over. A quarter of the audience was so swept away by the superb suggestion that they wanted to discuss it immediately. They would start the first homophile magazine while the rest of the audience agonized over how to outsmart dirty police tactics. They are joined to door legs kitchen. So here I was just trying to point out that many parts of the revolution was just um people bootstrapping. Like they were just doing their best. They were trying to protect themselves that was that was the that was the entire point that was the root of it they were trying to protect themselves and defend their rights and they wanted to exist peacefully there's that if you notice i'm not talking about the any religion i'm not even trying to put my thoughts into it because it that's not what this book is asking for it's just trying to tell us about the gay revolution. So it's a it's a history book. There's nothing to it. It's just a history book. Details everything. So it's good to just read it the way it is. You know, when it comes to the other ones, the one that talk about um, the Christian faith in relation to homosexuality, then we can argue or contribute or try to like make things clearer because we are Christians. Um, because I am a Christian. I'm sorry that I assume that all of you are Christians. Or if it's the Islamic one in relation to homosexuality, then we can talk about it and say, no, 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 this not how it is this not my perception of it. Although, it doesn't matter what that it matters what our perception is because we live by that, but it matters more what God has said. Okay. I hope I made that clear. Moving on. Page 258. Um, leg this Doleg guy keeps coming up. Doleg at once remarked that homosexuals had four deadly enemies, the four men of the apocalypse. He called them one the, so- the social, two the scientific, three the religious, and four the legal. And I never understood the breakdown because they didn't break it down. Um, they didn't start explaining like which one had the what, how each one attacks them differently. But I think we can just guess. You know, social people, they don't want you around. You can't exist in our society as an homosexual. And the other one, um, the religious, you know, at that time, people were not really reforming their thoughts about, um, homosexuals. And they came off more judgy than loving. Um, then the legal, yeah, it was a crime. They throw in jail for ten or ten to twenty years. Then the last one, um, the scientific, oh, science at that time was quite based on the perception of the scientists. So, and it's always based on the perception of scientists. There's some they have. It's not a theory. I think it's just quite popular. Um, sometimes the research is always based. You like you have. An opinion already. You have an hypothesis already. So you just go out into into the world to look for evidence to back up your claim. That's what we do. <laughs> what do they call it? Something bias. Well, I don't remember what what it is called. So, as you read books and you, you know listen to um scientists talk, you should be mindful of that too. They are humans. And they're also speaking from their experiences. You know. And their. An individual's experiences are not. Universal. Except the person is Jesus. Page 410. Morality and immorality. Are not the concern of the government. And are not relevant to employment. This was at. Obviously at a place of work. They were trying to. It was during an interview this is i've had this idea for a while the morality and immorality not the concern of the government and i can't i can't say yes or no to that because the government has always there's no actual line there's no line per se there's no line i'm not talking about things that have to do with sex now if you are talking about things that have to do with sex, it should be like just sex generally, without bringing moral um, without you trying to grade which one is moral, and without you trying to, you have to consider um the morals that the particular country or the government subscribes to. So does the, is it, is the government? I I don't know. Is, this, is it backed up by science? Like, what is the what is the point of reference for the government? Because the government is made up of all of us and what we decide to be in our constitution. So, what is our point of reference, even as a government? Because we, we tend to think that our government is all-powerful, but they also must have a point of reference or else, Palava. So, what's the point of reference of our government? If we're going to say the government is a very clinical agent, it does not have anything to do with um morality or God or anything, then you should back off from things like abortion rights. Things like well, I think it's the part of the bit uh, of the abortion rights as the part of it, but to treat it as a very clinical thing, you know, trying to be very logical and consider two sides and not consider what God thinks or anything like that. So. That would be the point of the government. I think that's what's wrong with a lot of government these days, or at least with the American government, because it has s- different types of people living in this country, and it has to find the the best way to please everybody. The government has to be the most confused organ <laughs> ever <laughs> at least the American one um has to be the most confused one they can't really agree and they are also the people who are very loud about their opinions. So there's there's that. People always argue that this is not right. This is not what we want. This is everything. So they always continue to to tilt to tilt, I mean to figure out which one is best for everyone. And it's, it can be quite confusing. But if you had a government that they had their their reference, the Bible, even that all the, the Quran that is a bit confusing. That would still be a bit confusing. Because when you check America. Or the books that I've read of late, When you look at them. you still find that. Even as Christians. There are Christians who think that homosexuality is okay. And there are some who, th- who think that homosexuality is a sin. So. um, There's that. And then you have them living in the same country. And you say that your point of reference is the Bible. That is still going to be a very confusing situation. So. Unless we can get everybody to agree about the same thing and have the same point of reference and think the same way about their point of reference. I think that's the only way that we can say that our government is moral or immoral. I don't want to start asking the question about who defines morality and what the fuck is morality? I don't want to go into that. I shouldn't, of course, sorry. And what's morality and who defines morality? Especially without God, so things like that. Let's not discuss that. Let's just move on. Um, Four hundred and ninety-nine. The older homophiles didn't know, didn't know it yet, but the parameters of daring had been expanded exponentially by the events of June 20, 28 to July two. After thirty minutes or so. Two T-shirts clanned, lesbians, broke out of single file. Not only did they walk side by side, they held hands. Kameni could no longer hold his tongue, screaming, You can't do that, you can't do that. He rushed over to them and slapped their hands apart. That gesture, that gesture, triggered an uproar. 19-year-old Beweaver found a black marker crossed out the meek equality for homosexuals message on the sign he was carrying and wrote in his place smash sexual fast <laughs> so even inside the revolution they were still divided at this time anyway they, at this time they were divided into the older generation and the younger generation. So it was the older man that slapped the hands of the two lesbian people. All of them were protesting outside. And this lesbian decided to hold hands. And he slapped the hands apart. Like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, but the, the younger generation started coming up with things like gay is good. And no 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 it was that guy that came up with gay is good but now they've moved past him from gay is good to like gay power the younger people were saying gay power but it was the same thing they were saying they had the same ide- ideology they had the same thoughts you know it, it meant equal rights for homosexuals but it was different in its approach and in its power and in, in its strength in his voice in the loudness of his voice so i guess that's the the power of the young people can be quite aggressive I don't mean aggressive as a bad thing. Just, they have more energy to pursue their cause. They don't care so much about being particularly passive. They have that energy. So, that's what young people have. Um, Moving on to page 529. But the hostility and paranoia didn't stop. Members of the Third World Revolutionary Cell told members of the 28th of June Cell, which produced the GLF magazine. The GLF is what... Um, that's the Gay Liberation... The Gay Liberation Forum? I'm not sure. Front. The Gay Liberation Front. That's the name that the daughters of Bill Is it Billers? <laughs> Billities changed their name to. So they became Gay Liberation Front. Have anybody ever, have you heard of Gay Liberation Front? They don't seem like the type of organization that would die out. So, I think they they probably changed their name or they are still operating under the same name. But I don't think they died out. So, they were accused of running a white racist paper. Mm. And they decided to check themselves. You know, they were checking themselves constantly because they didn't want to be racist and they didn't want to um, hold youth back and they didn't want to marginalize even other minority groups within them so that's why the gay revolution has evolved to this point that as something that speaks as an organization that, or a community that is or tries to be inclusive and speak up for the rights of several groups within it okay uh, um that's that's all i have on this book the history of it did i learn to know yeah yeah i did it was just it was good to know to trace your history like their history. it's quite nuanced <laughs> And a lot of sufferings and their own struggle. Like I'm aware, I'm more aware of their struggle now. So that you don't sound disrespectful when you have to talk to them or be around them. You know that, okay, yeah, as a community, you went through all of this. And I respect your strengths. And I respect um the fact that you stood up and you fought for your rights. I respect that. Um there there are not going to be any bots in this episode. <laughs> We're going to stop here. So, love you. Bye.